Don't look now, but speed, and lots of it has been on display for the New York Giants offense. A look at that, plus why the Giants are confident they'll have a better run defense this year, and observations from the Giants' seventh training camp practice coming your way next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Giants podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast family, your team every day. I'm your handy reporter, Patricia Chena, here with another update from New York Giants training camp. So thank you for making us your first listen of the day or for watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter at Patricia underscore Trina, and also on Instagram at Patty Trina, P-A-T-T-I-T-R-A-I-N-A, as I bring you continued coverage of the New York Giants training camp practices. And folks, as I've been saying all along, if there's a practice, you get a podcast. So here I am again with another podcast, and uh, I'm excited to bring you the latest from Giants training camp. Certainly, you know, has been very, very interesting to see this unwind. And today's episode of the Locked on Giants podcast is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And it's the same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay's guaranteed fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and exclusions do apply. All right, Giant fans, on today's Locked on Giants podcast, we're going to take a look at speed on display. So I'm going to talk a little bit about, you know, Jalen Hyatt and just basically what I'm seeing from the offense overall with the speed that they suddenly have an abundance of. Then we're going to take a look at build a better run defense. How can the Giants be better as a run defense? And what have I seen to that effect that has me believing that they will be a better run defense, which of course last year was a problem for them. And then finally, we'll wrap it up with some observations from practice number seven, including a few new things and some position battle updates that you probably will want to know about. So again, thank you for tuning in. Let's get started. And we're going to start off with speed on display. Folks, how long has it been since the New York Giants have had speed on its offense? I want to say since Odell, maybe when Odell Beckham Jr. was here. Otherwise, you know, speed, separation. I mean, if you got lucky once in a while, you saw that, but really not enough of it. And, you know, if the Giants want to compete in this league against the better opponents, they had to add speed. And they did that. Jalen Hyatt, the rookie, has been phenomenal. Got off to a slow start. He has been phenomenal. And I just want to point something out about Jalen Hyatt, who had two touchdown catches today, basically on the same type of ball thrown by Daniel Jones. What has stood out to me most about Jalen Hyatt is not just how he can gain separation. I would say on average, and this is just a rough estimate based on what I've seen or what I've been able to see when nobody's blocking me. I would say Jalen Hyatt is easily getting 
at least three to four yards separation against the Giants defensive backs, which is quite impressive. And the other thing he's been doing a lot of, which has been impressive, is he's been able to split the coverage. So when he you have two defensive backs covering him and umbrella coverage, he's been able to split them. And, you know, look, kudos also has to go to Daniel Jones for what it's worth. Daniel Jones is putting the ball right where it needs to be. I mean, that that Jones to Hyatt connection has just been pretty darn good considering that Hyatt just got here in May. And, you know, they've had some maybe a little less time to work together than Jones and some of the other receivers that he has. So that speed, let's talk about, you know, some more about Jalen Hyatt. Not only has the speed been there, but his route running, which was one of the critiques uh, coming into the pros, it's been pretty crisp. You know, he's not rounding off his routes. Um, he's he's getting to where he needs to be. You know, even on some of the timing plays, this kid is getting into position. And then, boom, once that ball is in his hands, he is off to the races, ladies and gentlemen. So the yards after the catch has been there. And you can just see by watching him how the confidence level is growing day after day after day. So much so that Hyatt, who spoke to the media after practice, told everybody that one of his goals is to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. He would be the first Giants rookie receiver to do that since Odell Beckham Jr., by the way, if he's able to, to uh, pull that off. So, you know, I mentioned the the routes. I mentioned how he splits the uh, defenders. The thing also that I'm noticing with this onset of, of Jalen Hyatt, who, again, got off to the slow start at the beginning of camp, but has picked it up. It's helping to also open things up for the rest of the guys, you know? So you talk about um, Darren Waller, who is the de facto number one receiver and how when he's on the field, nobody can cover him and he's got pretty good speed as well. Well, you're starting to see that with Hyatt. So I don't want to say just yet that Hyatt could be the number one receiver for this team because it's early and I'm only going off of really, you know, seven practices, but really only one was padded where you you actually had the, the press coverage. And that was a question I had for him with the press coverage. He didn't really play a lot of press, you know, against a lot of press in college. I did ask him about that. So I'm going to reserve some further judgment before I say that, you know, maybe the Giants have their number one receiver. But overall, the speed that this young man has shown and the and and the maturity in his routes and just in how he's gone about his business you know i'll be honest with you in the beginning i i had concerns about him you know he he was very confident which you know is fine but i thought he was a little on the cocky side and i thought to myself okay what's going to happen if things don't go his way is he going to work harder or is he going to pout and in the beginning you know there was maybe a little bit of pouting but you know what to his credit this young man has buckled down and just really come to work and he is doing really well. Um, in terms of, you know, if the season were to start tomorrow, where would he be on the depth chart? He might make a push for receiver number three. So, you know, you figure Paris Campbell will probably be the slot guy if he's, he's healthy. You've got Isaiah Hodgins. You've got Darius Slayton. So, yeah, I mean, what a great problem for the Giants coaches to have, to have four receivers, and now you've got to figure out where you're going to put them. 
So who knows? Maybe we'll see a lot of, you know, 10 personnel. Maybe we'll see, I don't know, a one personnel. But this this uh, young man and what he has been able to do has really, really been impressive. And it just opens so much up for the offense, you know, whether it's a, a deep ball, whether it's a crossing pattern, something intermediate or underneath. Jalen Hyatt has really, really had a solid few days of camp. And, uh, you know, again, speed. You want to play with the big boys in this league, you've got to have speed. And Hyatt, Waller, Darius Slayton, Paris Campbell, who didn't practice, by the way, today, more on that later. Um, the Giants got it now. And then don't forget Saquon, who still has speed and burst. So this offense should be fun to watch in the preseason games, as well as once we get into the regular season. So Giants taking a big step forward, or so it seems, with the speed department. And uh, it's about time because they just weren't going to be able to keep up with the other teams um, without that speed. So, all right, folks, coming up next, building a better run defense. Why the Giants run defense, which last year, ranked towards the bottom of the league is going to be better. What have I seen? I'm going to tell you right after this. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming your way on the Locked on Giants podcast. But first, the month of August is here, and you know what that means. The official start of Fantasy Football Drafting Month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft. There's no waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every week. So go on and try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an observed $3 million going to the winner. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with the promo code LOCKED ON to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code LOCKED ON. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trena. Again, thank you so much for joining me here on the Locked on Giants podcast. And you can continue the conversation with me about the New York Giants by joining our subtext community. You'll want to check it out. It's visit joinsubtext.com slash Locked on NY Giants. And as part of the community, I give my subscribers an opportunity to ask questions of me. I'm going to be doing a private Q&A where I'm going to tape a video based on their questions. I've got some other exclusives in the works. Um, I When I know that there's going to be interviews that I'm going to be doing, I give them an opportunity to submit questions. As a matter of fact, one of the pressers today uh, with the coordinators, the, one of the questions I was able to get in was submitted to me by a by one of my um, subtext community members. So basically serving as your eyes and ears over at the Giants, it's your opportunity to not only interact with me one-on-one, -on -one, uh, but also get questions in um, and, and tell me what you want to know so that I know what direction to go in. I mean, I know what direction I would go in, but I want to know what direction you want me to go in because you're, you matter more than what I want. So check it out. It's joinsubtext.com slash locked on NY giants free 14 day trial. If you like it, 
You continue and you pay $4.99 a month. If you don't like it, you cancel before your trial is over and you owe nothing. And message and data rates may apply. Check with your carrier to find out. All right. Again, you got Patricia Trina here on the Lockdown Giants podcast. And we're talking New York Giants football, of course. Let's talk about the run defense. All right. Which, as we know, was a big problem last year. The Giants run defense finishing 27th overall. But the real stat that I think was most alarming was that they allowed 5.23 yards per carry against the run, which was 31st in the league. Yikes. If you can't stop the run, guess what? You're not going to do very well as far as winning games. It's kind of interesting, though. I mean, the Giants did well in situational football, but against the run and overall, just not very good there. But anyway, why will the Giants run defense be better? Now, I'm just going off of what I've seen. And disclaimer, one padded practice in the book so far. There's going to be two coming up, one today, Friday, and then one on Saturday. And then um, next week, probably the two practices against the Lions um, will be padded practices as well. So we'll be able to tell a little bit more. But here's what I'm seeing so far with the run defense that has me encouraged versus what I didn't see last year. First off, Bobby Okereke is making a difference, folks. Now, one of the big problems, just to go back to last year, the linebackers, when it came to fit, you know, their run fits, they just weren't doing a good job. So the guys up front, the Dexter Lawrence's and the Leonard Williams's, they were getting, you know, they were tying up blockers and then it was up for, to the linebackers to come in and plug in the holes. And that just wasn't happening. And the Giants were getting gashed regularly, whether it be up the middle, whether it be to the left, to the right, to the outside. Giants got speed. Oh, there's that word again, speed. They've got speed now with Bobby Okereke. You know, Micah McFadden has looked good. Darian Beavers has has looked, you know, no worse for the wear coming off of that ACL injury that he suffered last year. So the linebackers are doing a better job with their run fits. Now, another reason to be optimistic that the run defense is going to be better is the big guys up front. So last year, because of injuries, it was basically up to Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence to carry that defensive front on their shoulders. And I'm sorry, you cannot ask Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams to play 80% of the snaps or higher. You just can't. You're going to wear those guys out. And we actually saw that last year. So now the Giants have some depth and, you know, interesting depth. Joaquin Nunez Roches has looked really, really good. You know, they haven't given up on Sean Robinson, who's currently on pup, but I, I get the impression hearing from uh, Wink Martindale that they're expecting him back to, uh, at some point, I guess, before summer is over. So uh, we'll see how he looks. This kid, Jordan Riley, is also kind of interesting. You know, he hasn't really worked with the ones. He's been more with the, you know, like the twos and the threes. He's a big dude. And he's done a pretty decent job with plugging in, you know, run fits. Another guy that we're not talking about that has done a really nice job. And, and I think you will probably hear more about him as we get into, you know, the preseason games is Deontay Johnson, who's a, a linebacker, an inside linebacker. He's been quick to come up and fill holes. He's been, you know, his diagnosis skills, very, um, 
impressive considering he's a guy that, you know, a lot of people didn't know a whole lot about. So the Giants have some pretty good guys there that you watch them. They're going to, I think they're going to be better, you know, that front seven against the run. Now you also throw in the fact that, you know, the safeties can come up and play the run defense and the corners can come up and play the run defense. You've got a physical group there. And I just feel like, you know, overall, this run defense is more of a bully than it maybe was last year when it was just getting pushed around. And again, part of that was due to injuries. But I think a big part of that was because the linebacker play was just so inconsistent. It really was. It was inconsistent. And the proof was in the pudding, how they kept rotating through healthy bodies, no less, at linebacker to find the right combination. And, you know, ultimately, I think they were hoping for Gerard Davis to, to fill that role. And, of course, he ended up, you know, unfortunately, with this season-ending injury. But McFadden and um, and and uh, Beavers have looked really good in that role. Deontay Johnson has looked good. Um, I could see him, and it's early, granted, but I could see him potentially pushing um, maybe Cam Brown off the roster. You know, it's interesting. Um, I haven't done a 53-man roster projection. I will be doing one maybe before the first preseason game if I have time. But uh, I was talking with somebody today, and we were trying to figure out, you know, maybe the potential at, at linebacker here, who they would keep. And we think that maybe Cam Brown could be in trouble. You know, so it's possible the Giants go with like Beavers, McFadden, Okereke, and then if they keep five, you know, you figure maybe Deontay, uh, Deontay Johnson has an edge here and maybe Carter Coughlin. You know, Cam Brown, I'm not so sure if he's going to make it because, you know, he doesn't really give them snaps at linebacker. And it would be a shame because, you know, he's a big special teams guy. He was a special teams captain last year, but got to be versatile enough. But overall, you know, we asked Week Martindale um, about the run defense and he was also encouraged by what he saw. But again, to caution everybody so that we don't get too high or too low or either way, it's only one padded practice so far. But it's encouraging to see what they've been able to do because, you know, you think back to last year and, you know, there was nowhere to go but up. That's just the bottom line. So encouraging news there. We'll keep an eye on that. I'll let you know how that works out. The physicality, though, that part has to come into play because when it's not a fully padded practice, the offense kind of has a little bit of an advantage over the defense. So you do kind of evaluate on a scale, but overall I would say that run defense so far has looked a lot better than I remember it looking last year. All right, coming up next, some random observations from training camp, including a few new things that we saw and is there a new position battle brewing that we need to be talking about? Don't go, go anywhere. We'll talk about it in just a bit. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trena, bringing you a podcast. If there's a practice, there's a podcast. That's how it works. So uh, thank you again for all the kind words a lot of you have sent in. And um the grind never stops. So let's talk, speaking about the grind, let's talk about some observations from the New York Giants' seventh training camp practice. Wow, can you believe it's been seven practices? You know, I was thinking about that today. I'm like, wow, there's only two more 
practices open to the public. And I'm like, wow, where did the time go? You know, it just, it's like, we look forward to training camp all this time. And then it comes and it's, it's like, as soon as it comes, it goes. But anyway, let's talk about um, the day seven, practice number seven for the Giants. So just real quick, I'll give you um, injury report and lineup notes. Paris Campbell um, working on the side. I think the athletic reported that he had a little tendonitis in one of his knees that they were just trying to manage, but he anticipated being available for tomorrow. We didn't see Leonard Williams on the field. That doesn't mean he wasn't in the building, but Leonard Williams not at practice. So, um, you know, unfortunately, head coach Brian Dable didn't talk today because we had the coordinators and he generally doesn't talk when the coordinators talk. So I, I can't tell you, you know, what was going on there, but I'm sure the question will come up tomorrow. Jeff Smith, uh, wide receiver, is dealing with a knee issue. Jack Anderson was not present, offensive lineman. We don't know what was going on there. Jihad Ward still sidelined, um, even though I, I thought he was doing a little bit with warm-ups, so I was encouraged that maybe he was coming back, but no, wasn't the case. Ryder Anderson, defensive lineman, seemed to suffer a right arm injury in the practice, and he didn't return. So hopefully that's not anything serious that will end his season because that young man – really beefed up in the off season to, to, you know, better anchor and play a role on that defensive front in terms of lineups, John Michael Schmitz at center, I think for like the second or third day in a row, Ben Bredesen. Now this is interesting. Ben Bredesen got work at right guard with Mark Lewinsky doing his work with the twos. Now, is there a battle going on there? I'm not so sure there's a battle. I think Lewinsky is still the incumbent because I go back to comments that head coach Brian Dable made about wanting to get Bredesen snaps at all three interior positions. So it's something to keep an eye on, but I'm not really sure there's anything there to, to sound the alarm, so to speak. Joshua Zuda was your left guard. I think this was like the second or third day in a row for him. So it's clear that they want to start, you know, settling in on a lineup. Um, I mentioned Micah McFadden played inside linebacker too. Darnay Holmes got an opportunity to be the slot cornerback after Cordell Flott did it for a couple of days. Jason Pinnock, I think this was his fourth practice in a row that he was uh, at the other safety position next to Xavier McKinney. So that's probably uh, that that position is probably locked up. Uh, Pinnock's been having a really really good camp. All right, so. Let's talk about some observations. I mentioned uh, Jalen Hyatt, who had two touchdown catches, both on identical plays, um, deep balls, splitting the defenders. Daniel Jones with beautiful ball placement. You know, we, for as much as we talk about the speed of the receivers, we don't give enough credit, I think, to Daniel Jones and the job he's been doing, just how comfortable he's looked in this offense, how he's just absolutely pinpoint with his his accuracy and it's just you know really amazing to watch and and hopefully he continues to do that because it seems like every single day there's another hater that pops up and questions daniel jones so personally speaking you know let the guy do his thing you know i i, I don't understand what the hate is for daniel jones i really don't but i guess haters gonna hate as taylor swift would say um Paris Campbell, I mentioned, was sidelined. So Cole Beasley actually worked as the 
as uh, the slot receiver with the ones. Had a nice reception against Darnay Holmes uh, twice, actually. He beat him on one-on-ones and then also for a touchdown inside the 10. So I'm thinking that Cole Beasley might just be a little ahead of Sterling Shepard at this point. Now, Shepard, remember, he is coming off of that um, ACL injury, so he's not able to practice every day. They're, they're bringing him back slowly. But I just kind of wonder if maybe Cole Beasley is going to end up edging him out when it's all said and done. Um, the highlight catch of the day, Saquon Barkley, beautiful, and I mean beautiful, one-handed grab on a ball thrown behind him with Bobby O'Karake trailing in coverage. I mean, that oof, that was that was a highlight reel uh, worthy play. Um, we saw in the defensive backfield the the trio of Hawkins, Trey Hawkins, Deontay Banks as the outside corners, and Adoree Jackson as the slot corner. That's a formation I want to see in a game. I really do because, you know, look, you're talking two rookies on the outside corner. And would they go with that formation a lot? So I'm kind of curious to see how they do. I still say it's going to be a rotation as far as that slot cornerback role goes. But look, you know, Aaron Robinson was supposed to be involved in that, and he's still sitting on pup. Cordell Flott obviously will get a chance to, to participate there. But, you know, I just want to see how that plays out because – it's, it's certainly an interesting formation, and it's one that's worked for them so far in practice. I mean, they've had some success with breaking up passes and with coverage and whatnot. Um, you haven't seen, you know, when, that, when they've run that, the separation has been there but minimal, so that's good. Okay, we had a couple of errant snaps in this practice. Um, John Michael Schmitz, who was working as with the ones, as I mentioned before, had a shotgun snap to Daniel Jones that basically was short hop to him. And then Shane Lemieux airmailed his snap uh, over Tyrod Taylor's head, that with the, the second team unit. One of the things that I noticed to be different in this practice, I, I, and I haven't really noticed it in other practices, so maybe it's new, but the offensive linemen and some of the skill position players, after they would do their team drills, they're 11 on 11 turns. Some of them would go and run laps. And I mean, you know, when I mean a lap, I'm talking from one sideline to the next sideline. So I started watching this and I'm like, okay, let me see how it correlates to the performance we were seeing on the field. And sure enough, if somebody screwed up, they were running that from sideline to sideline lap. So I don't know if that's just something that the players implemented or the coach implemented, but they're turning up the heat on the offensive line for sure. And, you know, there were a couple of times when you saw Darius Slayton was in there, uh, Saquon Barkley was in there. Now it could be that they joined the offensive linemen just, you know, to get extra running in between, you know, while they were waiting for their next batch of reps, that's possible. But clearly I, I just thought that was kind of interesting because the defensive line, I thought, you know, even though there was no con, you know, live contact because they didn't have the pads on, I thought the defense again had another strong day as far as getting pressure, as far as the blitzes getting home. So um Bobby Johnson, if if he's turning up the heat on these guys, guess what? It seems to be working well. And, you know, maybe it'll 
drive home the point and we'll see. But I still say once that offensive line, they settle on a combination, it should be better, you know, because then they can start to build the cohesiveness and there's time. And I do think that, you know, the coaching staff has a good idea of what they would like to see, but it's up to the players to prove that, yes, this is what's going to happen or no, we're going to have to go in a different direction. So, so that's where we're at after seven training camp practices. Now, again, those of you who are watching this podcast on Friday, there will be a padded practice Friday. There will be a nighttime practice on Saturday. And then the team is off on Sunday. I will have shows for you on both days as I've been trying to do. So as soon as I get a chance to do the shows, I'll tape them, put them up. And uh, we'll just keep on rolling here on the Lockdown Giants podcast. So I want to thank you again for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day or watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And by the way, folks, if there's something particular that I haven't covered here on the pod that you want to know about, put it in the comments section if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on our audio platforms, send me an email. The information's in the show notes, how you can contact me. And I'll try and incorporate it, you know, because I'm trying to figure out what you guys and gals want to hear about. But sometimes I just need that feedback. If there's something specific that I'm missing that you're you're just sitting there going, well, when's she going to cover this? So, yeah, let me know. All right. Okay, folks, on that note, I wish you a good night. I will see you again tomorrow.